I am so delighted that you're here today. Thank you. Um, I, I kind of, we, we sort of wondered, uh, I wonder if, if people will, Christmas Eve, but it's Christmas Eve morning, and so we always do communion on Christmas, or often do communion on Christmas Eve night, but really today is a great day to be at church, and thank you for spending a, a few minutes with us. We're going to do a couple things today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a message. It'll be abbreviated, kind of compacted a little bit. And then we're going to take communion, and then at the end of our service, we're going to um, light the candles, and we're going to sing a song, and that's going to be our service today. When we lived in New Mexico many years ago, we received a gift from someone in Kentucky of a country ham. And those things are like $1,000 a piece. And I mean, it's like really expensive. And so, you know, you don't have to refrigerate it. So we put it on a shelf in the garage, kind of a high shelf. And we thought it would be safe there. And you can imagine my surprise when one day I went out and there was a dog dragging uh, my country ham out of the garage. Some neighbor had let their dog run amok and had taken my ham. Now, I gave chase, I threw rocks, I was really ready to kill a dog. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of okay with dogs, but I was going to kill that one. And he dropped the ham, and there it was, and it had some gnawing that had occurred on there. All right, real quick question. How many of you would have cut the gnaw part off and ate the rest? I can't remember if that's what we did, or maybe I just cut it off and gave it to Miriam and said, this is how it came. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was a great, very, very thoughtful gift. Today, we're going to look at, real quickly, the three gifts, the first three Christmas presents ever given. Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They are a great trio, a kind of a famous trio. And I began to think, what other trios are out there? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There, there are others. Uh, bacon, lettuce, and tomato. I love that. Um, let's see. Larry Curley and Moe. Uh, the Bee Gees are uh, Maurice and those other two. Uh, any other trios you can think of? Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. I think there are four of them. Uh, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> any triplet? <laughs> Keith, thank you for that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, they were great. That's, uh, that's cowboy exclusive, but very nice. What else? Who else? Anybody else? Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Coop. What? Fork, spoon, and knife. Very good. I thought, Coop, I thought you were going to give me, like, uh, some video game thing. And I was like, I, I'm not going to know that. Who else? What else? One, three Amigos. Hey, yeah, that's right. The, the uh, chipmunks. They're, so, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The first three gifts ever given. I'm fairly certain they weren't wrapped because men brought them. <laughs> men aren't good at wrapping things. I found a picture. Um, this is a man wrapping a gift for Christmas. Um, so, gift bags were invented for men, but this is what we do with them. Uh, we still don't know what we're doing. All right, let me go back to my verse. All right, 
On coming to the house, the wise men saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him, and they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we're going to kind of talk about each one of those because they're really, really important. Uh, 50% of all paper consumed in the U.S. is used to wrap gifts. Did you know that's a lot of gift wrapping? $2.6 billion every year is spent on wrapping paper. (laughs) 2.6 2.6 billion a year. So I think wrap it with newspaper and call it a day if you can even find a newspaper anymore. Um, so the gifts the wise men gave, there, there, there's one thing about wrapping something because you know something better is inside. And these gifts are amazing, but there's, there's a message to each one of the gifts. And so that's what we're going to look at today. The first gift was gold. Today, gold runs about $2,000 an ounce. That's about um, $32,000 a pound. That's really expensive. Uh, Gold has always been associated with the wealthy because typically the wealthy were the only ones that could afford it. There was a guy in the Old Testament named Cyrus. They found his mausoleum. Inside his mausoleum, there is a golden couch and a golden coffin. I guess if you got tired of laying, uh, you know, you get up and sit on your couch. Uh, King Tut's coffin weighed, let me get this right, 243 pounds of solid gold. That's about a $7.5 million coffin. Gold goes with, with kings and with the wealthy. And so the gift of gold proclaimed that Jesus is king. We just sang We Three Kings a minute ago. The second verse is born a king. I think we sang this. And born a king in Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never over us all to reign. And so gold has this message of he, Jesus, is our king. We see it in the Old Testament in, in Isaiah. For us, to us is born a child. A child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne uh, and over his kingdom. He will be a king. And so we sort of know, knew beginning from the very beginning that Jesus was identified as a king. Now, let's talk about frankincense. It is um, this oil that comes from this tree. The tree's name is the Basuelia tree. I'm pretty sure I don't say that right. But anyway, that's the tree. It's a resin from the tree. You have to burn it to uh, create um, a fragrance. So it's fragrant anyway. Burning it makes it more fragrant. A lot of times they make incense from it. Now, what's really interesting about frankincense is that even in the Old Testament, it was used to uh, anoint a king. It was used to anoint um, uh, royalty. To, to God is the one uh, who was given frankincense. Look at this. So this is instruction on what to do. God is saying to, to Moses, take frank, uh, fragrant spices, gum resin, that word and that other word, and pure frankincense, all in equal amounts. I could have tried that. Do you, anybody want to give that a go? Onicha, Galbanama, anyway. And make a fragrant blend of incense, the work of a perfumer. Does anybody know a perfumer? I don't either. I I don't know how you, where do you go to get that job? 
place it in front of the testimony of the tent of meetings where I will meet you. It shall be most holy to you. And so God is saying, I want you to use frankincense to make a fragrance which reminds you of me. So if you've ever had a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they had their own scent, you know, they, they wore a certain cologne. Well, look at this. Look at this next verse. Do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves. So God is saying, this formula is exclusive for me. Consider it holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from the people. God has a smell. Isn't that interesting? Now, when I grew up, we, we had smells. You know, we had fragrances. Here they are. Obsession for men. Anybody an obsession guy? Nobody's admitting that. Okay. Polo by Ralph Lauren. Dakar or Dracar or whatever that was. I didn't do that one. This one is Giorgio of Beverly Hills, I think. Is that right? Does anybody know this? Okay. And then Stetson. Today they've got new ones. Creed. Creed is about $350 a bottle. Guess who's not getting that uh, under the tree? Uh, that one is about half price, $180 a bottle. Uh, Sauvage by Dior. Now, this is a men's cologne. They make a woman's cologne that's really attractive for rednecks. It's called Sausage. <laughs> Jimmy Dean is the maker of sausage. It is sausage. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Hudson, Hudson picked up on it right away. Very good. All right, let me show you a couple of really fancy colognes. It's really interesting. I was doing this research and I thought, hey, that's so solid, that could be funny. Well, then I, I started to read. Have you ever read the description uh, in, of these colognes? It's just like, okay, let me read one to you. This one is uh, by Joe Malone. I'm pretty sure it's Yo Malone, maybe. I don't know. And this is called Myrrh and Tonka. We're going to talk about myrrh in a minute, which is super interesting. Uh, this is from the sap of the Nambian myrrh tree. One of the things about frankincense and myrrh, now gold obviously is, is a mineral, but frankincense and myrrh both come from plants. They grow kind of exclusively in a small area, and because they are rare, because they don't grow every place, then they are very, very valuable. So this is what it says about myrrh and tonka. It's drawn from the Nambian myrrh tree, uh, its earthy scent is combined with warm almond and vanilla. Notes of the tonka bean for rich, full-bodied finish. $220 a bottle. Look at this one. This is geranium, <laughs> geranium uh, pour monsieur. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm saying that right. Listen to the description of this one. And this is coming back to Frankenstein's. Uh, you're probably going, why is he telling us this? I'm telling you for a reason. Created in collaboration with master French perfumer. Did you know, not even, there are perfumers, and then there are master perfumers. You could really, really be good at this. Uh, created in collaboration with master French perfumer Dominique Ropion. This scent is described as like an eccentric Englishman in a blue velvet jacket. <laughs> well, who doesn't want that? I mean, you know. 
a bright fragrance. Its top notes are mint, aniseed, and geranium, while the base note includes sandalwood and frankincense. When the king, whoever king it was, and by the way, we sing We Three Kings. We don't know how many kings. They may have collaborated on the gifts, but gold was the first gift, which said, Jesus is king. This gift, the the gift of frankincense, says that Jesus is God. It is the gift of the gods. So when we... When we sing this song, look, look at how the third verse, and we didn't sing this, uh, the dynamic duo didn't sing this, but frankincense to offer as I uh, have I, incense owns a deity nigh, prayer and praising all men raising, worship him God on high. And so frankincense proclaims that Jesus is not only king, but he's also God. And look at the verse in Matthew. This is a quote of Isaiah. But Matthew says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Frankincense is saying, is speaking, God with us. Let's do myrrh. Myrrh is really intriguing. It's a lot of depth to myrrh. Myrrh is... um, also plant-based. It grows from a, a tree. But let's talk about the name. The name literally means bitter. Now, if you recall, back in the Old Testament, there was a lady named Naomi. Naomi was the mother-in-law of Ruth. Um, she has a, uh, Naomi has a, a, a bad run for a while, and she wants to be renamed. And she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara or Myrrh, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Uh, it could happen with a, a place. Look, look at this one. This is the tree, by the way. It just looks horrible, doesn't it? The myrrh tree, it just kind of looks like it's in pain. It looks bitter. In Mark, it says, They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh. I don't think I've ever noticed that. M- myrrh alleviates pain. It's really interesting. It's kind of, it eases pain. And so when they gave the gift of myrrh, they were saying that there's going to be some pain. Myrrh was also used in a formula where they would anoint the priests. And so myrrh says about Jesus that he is our priest. But more than that, that he is more than just a priest. He was anointed to be our priest, which is awesome. But look at this. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. He's not only our priest, but he's also our sacrifice. And when we sing myrrh is mine, a bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone cold tomb. He is not just our priest. He is also our Savior. But he who was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, he was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. The gift of myrrh proclaims Jesus is priest and Savior. It's interesting to me. Myrrh was delivered to Jesus when he was born or when he was young. Myrrh was offered to Jesus as a a pain reliever when he was on Calvary at Golgotha. And then when Jesus died, they took myrrh, 
Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took myrrh to wrap his body to embalm him. It, myrrh was present at Jesus' birth, at his crucifixion, at his uh, burial. This gift of myrrh, when it was brought to Jesus, there, was this, there were these overtones that this was going to be part of Jesus' life for a long time. So we celebrate Christmas, and Christmas is awesome. Christmas is a time where we get together with family and we enjoy one another, and it's great. But Christmas led to the cross, and therefore, we're going to participate, we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper today because Christmas leads to the cross. And the cross leads to uh, eternity with Him. We're going to come back to that in just a second. So, if you have your cups, I want you to pull them out now. Now, let me remind you that Scripture instructs us that we should be prepared. We should prepare ourselves. Oh, if you don't have one, there are some in the back, I think. I'll give you time. There are so many. You overwhelmed us by coming, so many of you. Thank you for doing that. So the scripture says everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Before I take communion, I always do a couple of things. I, I pray a prayer just silently to myself, Lord, reveal in me anything unworthy of you. Where do I have sin? Is there something going on in my life that would make me unworthy to take the body and blood of Christ? And, and so I think it's probably wise for us to do that. After I reflect on, am I okay with God? I take a little time and I thank Him for His goodness to us because... Really, the Lord's Supper is our opportunity to remember that Jesus was born as a baby, but he suffered on the cross so that we might be saved. And so, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus met with his closest associates. Now, if you're nimble enough, I want you to peel off that very top layer to get to this little, what looks like styrofoam, but it really isn't. Represents the body of Christ. Jesus would have had a loaf of bread. My, my mother-in-law, Maddie, makes this delicious bread. She made some yesterday. The house was filled with the smell of bread. And it came out of the oven, and it was piping hot. And we're about to go to lunch now. You know, I'm, I'm telling you all this. And we broke it, and I thought about, oh, that would have been the way the first communion would have looked. It, Jesus would have broken the bread, and he would have handed it to his disciples. Well, there are too many of us to do that, and so we have these wonderful little cups. And So Jesus would have taken the loaf of bread, and as a good rabbi, he would have lifted it toward heaven, and he would have thanked God. Thank you, God, for this gift of bread that you have given to us. And then he said to his disciples, as he broke it and gave it to them, he said, this basically represents my body. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So as we take this little wafer that represents the body of Christ, let us be reminded that Jesus was broken and took upon, took upon himself our sins so that we might not have to. Let's do that and remember him now.
The Bible says that in the same way he took the cup, so do your best to get the little foil off. Again, Jesus would have taken this chalice of wine. He would have lifted it to heaven and he would have thanked God for the fruit of the vine and the blessing of this drink that was provided for them. And he said, this is the new covenant. This is a very specific language he uses. This is the new covenant in my blood. What he's saying is, we're making an agreement. You agree to follow me. I agree to lead you. You agree to, um, to, to offer yourself to me, and I agree to take away your sins. None of us live perfectly for him. But when we take this cup, we're reminded that Jesus sacrificed his body and his blood so that we might be saved. So if you would, let's take it in remembrance of Jesus now. One more thing about myrrh. To get myrrh, to get frankincense, you burn it because it's more of burn-oriented, but myrrh you had to crush to get the fragrance. That's why in that scripture where it says he was bruised for our transgressions, crushed for our sins, it, it, it's a perfect picture. Myrrh is a perfect picture. There's something else about myrrh which is really, really interesting. It has, the aroma stays. That's why it's used in perfume. It has staying power. In fact, there was a, an urn of myrrh found in a 4,000-year-old um, uh, pyramid. And when they opened the urn, there was still a fragrance. It has staying power. It, it, it keeps its aroma. And I want to show you a verse. Because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever, and therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on our behalf. The last verse of We Three Kings is, Glorious now, behold him arise, King and God in sacrifice. Alleluia, alleluia, sounds through the earth and skies. We... Celebrate the birth because it led to a life that was sinless and an offering that was also sinless so that we, he took our sins so that we don't have to suffer the penalty of it. One of the things we're called to do, and Jesus said about his followers, he said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. You are the light of the world. I'm going to pray a blessing on us, and then we're going to light our candles, and we're going to sing, and Liz is going to come up and lead us in silent night. But let me pray for us first. We live in what seems to be an ever-darkening world. We have beliefs and faith, and we follow Scripture, and not everybody does that. And it's becoming less and less apparent that people do it. And so let me pray for us that we would be lights in our community, wherever we are, as a, uh, as a, a teacher or a, uh, in an industry or wherever we might work. Help us to be the light of the world. Father, 
Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this moment in time. And I pray that the Spirit would overwhelm us now with the memory of what Jesus did for us. That Jesus gave his life, that he sacrificed all so that we might be whole. And you've called us to be light in a dark world. Help us to do that, not arrogantly, or help us to not be a jerk about it, but help us to stand strong in our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.